Anyway, wow. Holy shit. So, get this. First, do you have any questions for me, or do you want me to just start rolling and you can interject when you feel like it? You know, it? the only thing I'll say is that we're gonna we're gonna post this today. It'll be a same day podcast. Absolutely, which is we're very posting this right away. Very rare, but the images that I saw because there were very few live streams. The thing about the L.A. riots and looting and stuff like that, they were one of the only live streams on YouTube. So I was like looking through and and seeing like what the stuff was. I was fucking blown. I, I've never seen something like this where, with the fact that there's not a lot of tall buildings, so the helicopters who come over overhead can see blocks and blocks and blocks and, like, figure out where disturbances are happening, where police forces are being deployed to, stuff like that. I'm watching that last night, and I'm just like, what the hell is going Like, it's insane because you had like three helicopters over a locate a business location that was being looted as the protesters were going down the, or not protesters anymore rioters were going down the street looters were going down the street business by business and you had like three freaking news helicopters with spotlights on them and they still just kept going in i just i'm i'm i my anxiety level is through the roof right now so yeah that's that's Bro, my you, face you you like you think that's crazy imagine someone who lives here and that area is i drive by there all the time and i used to hang when i was at um when i was taking classes at ground lanes i would see shows in that area i would go into coffee shops and hang out with people in that area like for several months i was there all the time oh my god it's so wild to and i drive down la brea and fairfax all the time so that entire district i'm extremely familiar with and you know the crazy thing is too when i would walk to class at groundlings i would walk through the neighborhoods and it was very peaceful and i thought to myself you know what if i ever whenever i leave hollywood this would be a very nice neighborhood to live in beautiful part of town and now it's now that commercial area is completely destroyed what the fuck is going on? Because, bro, I felt the same thing with the when, when it started with the Minneapolis protests. That kind of, I was like, I I know that place. I've been to that location. I've patronized those businesses, and it's like, what the fuck is going? Look, like, it's total anarchy in a way that, like, even my parents are freaking terrified living in the suburbs. They're like, what is going on? I'm just, I'm, my mind is kind of blown as to how this has escalated and just exploded in a way that I, I definitely did not see coming. So I need to do some research and figure out how all this escalated so quickly here in LA because to let you in on my perspective, on my experience of things, so... I'm aw- I mean obviously I'm aware of when the when George Floyd was murdered and I knew that there were riots in Minneapolis and there were protests across the country the last few days but I kind of had it in the back of my mind because I've been working and then usually when I and then when I've been at home lately I've been watching this 3 hour movie that it took me 3 nights to finish so my mind wasn't really on social media or the news or really anything it's just been going to work trying to get as much sleep as I can and then just chilling out for a few hours before I go to bed that's been my 
day or my life the last three or four days. And so I'm at work and these employees are like, oh, the protesters are down the street at the police station because I'm in Culver City. And this is in the late afternoon. And they're like, oh, what if they come by here? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? Okay, well, then you ask them to leave. And if they don't leave, then you call the police. Like, I'm not, I don't, I don't understand the severity of what's happening in L.A. I didn't know there was a protest gathering at, at, uh, at one of the parks nearby at noon. So I'm completely oblivious to everything that's happening. I'm at work, right? Yeah. So there was a there was a rally in the park, in the Fairfax area, at Pan Pacific Park, I think, at noon. So there were people out for several hours before this happened. It's not like people just came out of their house, right? And so – and get this. And I left my phone at my apartment yesterday. Oh, so no. I didn't have my phone with me. While I was at work. Otherwise, I would have been scrolling Instagram every so often and been seeing what's happening, you know? Oh, no. And so, but I'm scheduled to leave work at 5.30. And before I leave work, I'm, like, trying to change something with the schedule. And then the other manager is like, oh, by the way, there's a curfew tonight for 8 o'clock. And he gave me a paper with Sprout's letterhead signed by the company's attorney saying this, if you're saying this person has... Um, this person is allowed to be on the road after 8 p.m. to go to and from work if I were to get stopped. So they gave me a paper, you know, no just kidding. to have, even though, I, even though I wasn't going to homework that late, but they gave it to everybody. So, bro, get this. So now I leave work at 5.50, okay? By 6 o'clock, I'm already off the freeway and driving north on... La Brea. You don't know any of this. I don't expect you to, but anyone who's in LA that's listening, you do, so you know exactly right. what I'm talking yeah. about. And this is where things are happening. So I'm driving north on La Brea. I get to Beverly. I'm at the stoplight. I'm like maybe like the sixth or seventh car from the beginning. And the light changes green and like and no one's moving. And people start honking their horn. And I see people crossing the street like a ton of people i see protesters i see people walk just walking around I see people carrying a sign i see people that are you can see you can see the the people that are the riffraff of the group of people you right. know what i'm saying you see some riffraff i see this car doing a bunch of circles like trying to do donuts at the intersection of beverly and la brea and i'm like what the fuck people are honking and then i hear uh, 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 and i see these i see through my side mirror and my rear view these big ass fire trucks coming rolling through and i see behind them uh like at least 10 to 20 police car uh, motorcyclists police on motorcycles yeah in two in two lines and it was crazy dude the order they're right next to each other and then directly behind them are another two and then another two and then another two you can tell they're organized right and i'm like holy shit they go through the intersection and in my brain i'm thinking before the police and fire truck rolled by i'm thinking i need to call the police oh wait i don't have my phone because I can see that this thing is not going to settle down. And then the police drive by. But they only roll through the intersection. They don't stop there because they're going somewhere else. They're probably responding to the fucking police cars that are on fire is what they're probably doing. 
which I found out later, which I think happened maybe at, that's probably what it was at the exact same time that I was down there. Because then I get home and I'm live streaming and I see on the live stream earlier today attempting to make a barricade unsuccessful. At least 10 cars, they said valued at over $100,000, had been just completely fucking destroyed and set on fire. So while that's happening, I'm trying to get home, right? Right. I, I like, I like uh, kind of slither my way through the intersection. Because cars aren't moving, but I'm able to change lanes and kind of slowly creep up and, and move through a few people to continue going north on La Brea. What, can, I, can, and I ask, I, can I ask what time up? this was um, on, on your time? Of, this, is at, this is like 6 o'clock. This is like this is 6 o'clock. About, oh, about wow. Six. Even at 6. So, yeah. So, um, so then... Slithering your way through. And, I, and another, another reason, I was thinking that I needed to call the police or somebody needed to call these police because when I got up to the intersection, then when I got up there, like two minutes later, the, this guy was like, get out of the fucking – this guy this uh, guy in his car was so pissed, screaming at these people, honking his horn. And like three or four people had walked up to his car and I didn't, I didn't see them hitting the car or anything and I didn't – I don't recall hearing them swear, but they approached the car, and I'm like, shit is about to go down. And I don't know that it's already gone down on Fairfax and Melrose, right? Because I'm over on La Brea, and so I'm like, this is going to escalate. It's already escalated at the epicenter, and this is just a, a ripple, you know? So I get home, and, uh, and I change clothes, and I shower. I'm like, I got to go check this shit out. Again, unaware of the actual severity of the situation. You know, going off of a, a small wave of the tsunami, right? And um, and so I drive down to Melrose, and I'm going west on Melrose from La Brea. I I see the CVS all boarded up, and then I get to no joke. I get almost to Urban Outfitters. I'm like one or two blocks east of Urban Outfitters. It looks like a block away or something. Because then all of a sudden I'm in my car. And it just hit me like, holy shit, I need to get the fuck out of here because all these people were in front of me were turning around. People, cars were stopping to all turn around and then people were – most people were walking towards me. And some people you could tell had a, you know, had a, um, had a kick in their step. They were trying to like run away. It's kind of a scene in the movie you know, where there's the monster or the tsunami or whatever, but you don't know what it is, but you see all these people kind of like rushing away from you and cars turning around, but you don't know what it is. But I had the foresight to just turn my ass around anyway. I go back a couple blocks already at CVS, which I didn't see before, but I'm I'm watching at CVS because it's right next to me and uh, because now I'm going back east. And I'm thinking, oh, man, all these people are getting the hell out of here. They're getting their shopping done. And I'm like, wait a minute. Those are people are not shopping. Those people are looting. Because 20 or 30 people all of a sudden at once were just rushing out of this door. And they some people had a lot of stuff. Some people had a little. But I was like, holy shit, there's 20 or 30 people that just looted CVS right now. And that would, did not look like that when I was driving on the other side of the street, you know, two minutes earlier. So I get the fuck out of there. I go home. And boom, I got my dual screen action. I got ABC streaming on one monitor and I got CBS streaming on the other. And I'm switching back and forth between the audio. And I'm sitting here like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on? 
Bro, and uh, one of the things, too, that I kind of noticed in... Because I was looking for live streams as to what was going on over the course of the night. I was like, what the actual fuck is going on right now? And the uh, the uh, ABC7 News or whatever had their live stream on YouTube. So I had tuned to that, and I was watching that. And they're literally helicopters over businesses that are being looted. And... They, you know, as the sun goes down, it's so weird how quickly the sun went down where it went from day to night and stuff like that where uh, I saw I saw the arrests where they did that, like, choke line where they have the, the lines of police officers on either side of uh, buildings yeah. and then close in to arrest yeah. the looters. And then it goes to dark. And then suddenly you see over the course of the entire evening that there's there's groups that just form out of nowhere. And start looting places and start literally ripping down those metal fences and shit like that and just go in and it's like a process where there it's just dozens and dozens and dozens of people going in looting fucking businesses. I'm like, what the actual hell is going on right now? It This is anarchy like I've never seen in my life. I was watching the choke line because before I was thinking to myself, line, what the yeah. fuck? I was like, why don't you just go in with the rubber bullets right now? What the fuck is taking so long? So long. And then I realized, oh, like one, they are completely overwhelmed. You know what I'm saying? In different parts because there's in Beverly Hills and downtown L.A. And then they start doing the choke. Line. I'm like, all right, I see what you're doing. You're waiting for the right time to move in. I got you. And I see that happen. And then, uh, no joke, shortly thereafter, fucking uh, Starbucks and the other businesses there the, are all on – the roof is on fire. Did you see that? Yeah, the roof is I on saw fire. That. I walked by there. I walked by there today and Starbucks looked like the – it looked like the inside may have been intact. I don't know. The outside looked fine of Starbucks. Obviously, it, it looked a little – it looked worn down, but it was not like the other two businesses that it shared a roof with. Those two were more like the width was very small and it has it's a very deep store, but that whole thing was had been torched and glass all over the place. I went down there earliest early right before coming here. Hot damn, yeah. What was that was that intentional? Was that what, did you just want to see what happened or like why Yeah, why? that was to check out because that was uh because I'm always thinking like about certain things. This is a moment in history. You know, so I'm going to obviously I just walked down there, took a few pictures, checked it out. There's a bunch of people down there and people are cleaning it up and everything. And uh, but yeah. Oh, and I was um, watching, too. They were saying you forget. But what these businesses, too, they're all mom and pop stores. They're all one of a kind little shops for the most part. They're not they're very few franchises like Starbucks or CVS. The anarchy. The an like it, it feels like we're in kind of I don't know I not knowing this it just feels like we're in like the anarchy the Wild West or the Middle East or something like that where but chaos, you know chaos what reigns. you know what it is though you know what it is though it's the middle of a revolution because ABC did you see the psychologist that was on ABC they had a no. psychologist uh, via Zoom no I think it was or Skype. And I can't remember what her name was, but she was pretty much saying, you know, hey, 
white folk, y'all need to wake your ass up because this is how we've felt our entire existence. And when you push us, push us against the wall, the response is either fight or flight. Like, you know, they're saying we've tried peaceful demonstrations and everything, and this is just the result of just too much pressure that can't be taken anymore. And that's the extent of what uh, she was saying in a segment of her interview. But you're sitting there and like, holy shit, man. Like, and, and, and I'm all for the movement, you know, destruction is very unfortunate. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to sit here and say it should have been done or whatnot, but you know, the, the teenager that was on ABC live said it very uh, poignantly in that it's necessary, you know, like if that's what it takes, because what else is there? Fight or flight. It's enough is enough. It is, and there's that question as to, like, what what the fuck to do about this? Because you, not only do you have the, the racial animus and resentment that I think is so omnipresent in the culture right now, because, bro, like, fucking coronavirus, I for anybody who follows news can see how disproportionate the effect of the virus has been on African American and Latino communities over the course of the past two and a half months. It just happens and happens and happens. Low-income areas do not have the resources to be able to um, fix whatever it is that, that they're dealing with at that time. And coronavirus kind of brought that out. Record unemployment disproportion, disproportionately affected towards the, the minority communities. And then we have this. the Such a clear and omnipresent example of... of like police injustice and for those who live in that community on a daily basis who worry about their safety who worry about their well-being not from their environment but from police who come through and who do these sort of things there's like people being locked indoors for freaking you know 120 days or something like that and then to come out and to have this kind of inciting isn't it i just it 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 is um like i i am so upset at the fact that you know people have taken advantage of the situation to kind of loot and riot but like it's real like the 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 pain and the shit that people are going through on a daily basis kind of it's it's not new. We just have a catalyst for it. We have we have that focal point of saying this is the example that kind of brings it out. Dude, it's like uh, you know the conditions. The conditions are right, and it just manifests as a result. Conditions are you know? right. Yes, absolutely. The conditions are correct, yeah. and it just manifests itself, just like fire. Totally. You know. Yeah. But I did think um, that. Uh, what was it? What was I thinking? Shit, I can't remember. I think. Oh yeah, I was just thinking in general how I, I try not. I try to look at things very objectively. Right. I try not to yes. have biased one way or another. I attempt to remove any personal egotistical thoughts or feeling in particular or emotion. Remove that and look at the situation as it is. And. I just think it's so – it's sad. It, dude, it hurt when I saw this happening. I was like, this hurts because this, this, this I identify this place as my home. 
you know, this is my part of town. I'm very familiar with it. This is, uh, at this point in my life, like, I have a very special place for Glen Allen, but, like, this is my home, L.A., Hollywood, you know? Right. So it really hurt. Um, but it's, I don't know what else to say other than I, I agree that it's just necessary. It's just, or it's just something that, like I said earlier, it just happened. The conditions are right. You ask, how did this happen? How did it come to this? Well, fucking look at history. Look at the last, you know, 10 years, 15, 20 years. Columbine, 1998. I was talking about somebody about that, like just the mental stress that has unraveled. You know, that has led to such negative energy and behavior right? in the world. Not just like, not just with police, but just in general, too. If we're going to be looking at the real big, big, big picture. But police in particular, because like you depend on these people to protect you and you're, you're shitting your pants because you don't know if you're going to die just uh, getting pulled over. Which, Fucking a. you know. That's scary. Fuck, dude. I mean, I, like, really, this is something that kind of hits me so close to home as somebody who went to union because of black liberation theology and the the whole point of the systemic racial injustice that occurs over the course of um, our experience. Uh, It's just the country that we live in. And I, I, I mean, I, it hurts me. It, it really does hurt me to witness this because this could have been prevented in so many different ways. And I, you know, I'm, I am, much more along the lines of the the liberal track and we don't talk about politics too much but even obama did not do enough to be able to reform the way that police interacted with regular minority communities and it like it it hasn't been fixed nothing is being done and obviously we're not going to get anything done during this presidency uh we're not going to get and i like i just I don't know what to do because I, I understand the pain and I understand the frustration, but at the same time, like freaking even the most liberal presidents over the course of our lives have not done anything to change this. And there has to be leadership from the top down. And what we're getting is an attempt to have change from the bottom up, but it's in a very like negative environment and, uh, death and destruction is the result, and it's like, why couldn't we have this leadership? That's that's my frustration. Why why not? There was on the news they were saying how somebody had said I don't know if it was that teenager on ABC or if it was something else, but one of the ideas that someone had was for if you're a police officer, then you should live in the you should live in the neighborhood that you're responsible for policing or that I know, I don't know how it works, how they move around or switch around neighborhoods and stuff, but it's like, Oh, that's, you know, I'm tilting my head. That's an inquisitive, uh, path. Hmm. I, I, I do think that that actually is probably the first, and I actually heard that probably the same, um, interview that you had because I was watching the LA stream for freaking like probably yeah. five hours last night. Yeah, right, dude. I was watching it after two hours because I remember I was watching it before, obviously eight o'clock, and then after it, I was watching it for at least two hours. I'm like, okay, enough's enough. I need to shut this down. Try and go to bed. I try and go to bed. Of course, I can't because I'm tired. But I go to bed. But my sleep's so fucked up again. I know I've mentioned this every single episode, 
but I just feel like bitching about it just helps me get through it a little bit. Anyway, can't fall asleep. Turned on the computer again. Nope, still hot out the streets. Okay, let's see what's the update right now. And I was fucking around the computer until midnight when they signed off. Bro, that's just the way it is, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> it's like, come on. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I do think, though, that there is that... Um, that need to have that structural reform that no one no one really actually deals with and i don't know it, it it's frustrating to me to know that i mean living bro living in minneapolis minnesota where the protests started for so long my god to know the police brutality and the lack of training that people have received like there's just basic things that can be done basic humanity that can kind of be kind of exposed over the course of this this period has been um a very like i i don't condone any of the shit that's gone down over the past 48 hours 72 hours or whatever um but i understand that building rage because there's not that like you were saying that education component where people aren't having conversations. They're not actually having a dialogue to make a difference. And it's it's really frustrating to me to see this could be prevented. This all could have been prevented. Had Ob- you know, like, I don't know, going back, going back in history to uh, the early 90s, yeah. I read the book by... I think it was Jeffrey Tubin, the run of his life, which was the biography on OJ Simpson. And that is one of the, one, one of the most incredible books I've read, ever read. Ugh, I've ever read just the amount of detail that's about every single person involved in that thing. But anyway, he goes back he, to an example, pretty much saying, Oh yeah, one um, catalyst or one reason for the police brutality in the early nineties, he suggested was because, I guess back then, before you could be policing the streets, you had to go, you had to be a guard at a prison for two years or something, something along those lines. You you had to do something before you could do something else in the, if you're in the police department. And it led police officers to treating um, just common people like uh, prisoners by instinct because they were initially trained in an environment which they had to keep their guard up at all times and establish their authority. And so you have that uh, physiology once you begin interacting with just the public, but you are using a, a strategy or a mechanism that does not fit with the environment that you're in, thus a fucked up situation over and over and over. Right. Back then. Yeah, and and that is one of those things, too, that I just think to myself, it's like, empathy breeds compassion i mean if you understand what uh and and so like you were asking what could be done to like change this like freaking the same thing that you had said living in the community that you police knowing your neighbors like doing shit that is integrative into the community where you're not just a fucking arresting officer who is viewed as this antagonistic force that kind of comes in, 
and tries to restore law and order, but somebody who's a neighbor, somebody who's kind of one of those people who is there for you in good times and bad, you know, you, you, you got a leaky faucet or something like that. You got to call, you got to call next door, like bring them over. Why not? You know, like live, live in the community that you serve. Like that, that is probably the biggest point of empathy that I feel in this whole situation where I just, I don't, I don't know what other way other than actually being a part of the community that you're policing is going to change this dynamic where we have racial discrimination because most police officers don't actually police in the neighborhoods that they live. They're, they're right. from the suburbs and shit like that. I just, I don't know. It's, yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. But yeah, <laughs> it was, um, no, I mean, I don't know what, no, you said it very, no, you said it very, very well. No, I have nothing else to add. I'm t- I took it all in and my, my, the gears are, sp- are spinning, you know, that's why we have that silhouette of a, of a guy as our logo. And I'm sitting here, just the gears are turning and I'm thinking, and I just don't have anything else to add. I'm just, yeah, I agree. I, okay. <laughs> yeah. But, um. But yeah, it just it it was so weird when I was going down Melrose. Just going back to that real quick, dude. You could smell it smelled like a barbecue. You know, you could smell burnt uh, burnt material in the air from a few blocks away where I parked. Because once I tried to turn onto Melrose from Fairfax, so everyone was trying to turn there. So I just turned around real quick, went down this other street, and because I knew the neighborhood from going to Groundling, so I just parked you know, one block, one or two blocks north, and then walk down there. And uh, everyone's like, what the fuck? What's your yeah. What's your uh, fear level right now? I, I personally don't have one. You don't? No. So you're not worried about... I mean, like around your... Because your, you're near, what, Chinatown? Oh, I'm in... I, I don't want to say where I'm at, but... I'm in Hollywood. Yes. Or maybe I've said it before. I don't know, but I don't want people to know where I live exactly. But I live in Hollywood, and uh, it's it's close. It's I mean, it very, like stuff very well could have happened here because it's a it's a focal point of town, just like how people downtown or Santa Monica and Rodeo, and you know Fucking Melrose and Fairfax, so it's very close. That was the weirdest part too. Is uh, Santa, Monica, Santa Monica and uh, Rodeo were things that uh, it seemed like the news copters. Dude, on... get this. I've got because I do have an opinion about this. Yes, right. And I'm I'm watching, and the dude who out at Rodeo. Is talking about the Gucci store left and right. And I'm like, guys, go to the fucking uh, switch the audio. Go to the helicopter. They have the they have the two screens up. And it's like, this is not news to me because going back to what I always say, you and I always say is really listen to what you're being told. And you realize 90% of the time you're being told nothing but you're just being told nothing. There's nothingness to it. And so I'm sitting here like he's – what he's doing is taking up time. His job is to take up time and make things look good. 
bro, ain't nothing happening on Rodeo Drive. I see some shit boarded up. I get it. The Gucci store, they got into that a little bit. But it is nowhere near the mayhem that is taking place, you know, on the other side of town. Give me a break. The Gu- today at the Gucci store. Bro, are you trying to start a hashtag? Like, he was just spitting hashtags left and right with, with Gucci in it somewhere. Gucci store this, Gucci store that, Gucci store this, Gucci store that. And even I'm thinking if you do get a Gucci belt or whatever you get from the store when you loot it, what are you going to do? You're going to start wearing it? Bro, your friends and family are going to notice. Right. And uh, I... I... Yes, I find that same <laughs> that same frustration where it's like it doesn't make any sense. But like, how how sensical is this whole experience right now? It's not. That's, it's not. Yeah. It it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know the chaos and and anxiety that people are feeling, the way that they're expressing it. I feel like most people actually kind of appreciate that but bro so many of us right now are i just i mean looking at for five hours looking at the uh the la like buildings burning people looting stores what the hell are are people gonna do dude they were they zoom in from the helicopter on uh at one of the shops and a bunch of people are crowded over something. Did you see this? And then they're like, what is it? What is it? They can't tell all these people are crowded over this thing. And then people are trying, it's an ATM and they're trying to break it open. And first, my first thought of my first thought is, Oh my goodness. If only they can see themselves through the camera on the helicopter, they look so foolish and dumb, really cracking open into a, into a, uh, ATM, you guys look like a bunch of, you know, apes or cavemen or, you know, Neanderthals trying to, like, you guys look so dumb. It's a fucking ATM. They've thought about this. I don't think that thing's getting cracked open. If you get it cracked open, you know, I guess congratulations, but they look so stupid. And then there's a truck, and these dudes put it onto the bed of this pickup truck, and the the uh, journalists are like, Holy shit, do you think we can get a license plate number? They moved the helicopter. The guy didn't have his license plate on the truck. You saw that too. Truck. I was watching that live. Yeah. I was wondering about that because I, I was seeing that as it was happening live. And, and so then they were speculating. Yeah. Then they were speculating. You know, you have the protesters, but then you also have people who intentionally took advantage of the situation for their own um, interest and in that they just want to see destruction. And so that was another possible motive is what they're saying that's and my i'm interpreting that as speculation because at that point they're just talking there's no proof right it's an interesting thought maybe i don't know but it's possible Bro, i guess he, he but i'm not taking that as truth he, he threw a fucking atm in his in the back of his car like come on <laughs> gosh i know that was wild oh, by what the way, i want to know is there was what can i just say for that atm yeah. story um later i think it was an hour and a half later they reported that the ATM was empty. It had been abandoned after the course of, like, two years ago or something like that. So it was an empty ATM that he ended up stealing. So I don't know if that's... How did they find it? It was just there. It, so they disconnected it from the thing, threw it in the back of the truck, and went off. So 
but there was no money in there. But it was just what? That doesn't make any it, sense. It, it was it was a de- people com- always was, need cash. It was a de- and you always get decommissioned. It was decommissioned. It was not active. So they just leave it there. Yes. Yeah, because they don't have the money to be able to like do it. I guess so, you're right. Yeah. No, that yeah. it was it was that's funny decommissioned. But yeah, uh, that, I there was uh, one of the news reporters on uh, ABC uh, Seven or whatever said, "Oh, it serves them right" or whatever when when they reported that there was no money in there because it was no longer operational and they just Mm-mm. you know stole it and still not having the plate on the back of their truck, but still fucking. Like, people will take advantage of any situation, and there are bad people who are out there. And to try and, like, navigate the the complex shit where it's like, is it racial? Like, is it racial justice that people are trying to promote? Or is it anarchy that people are trying to promote? Because it could be either. You don't know. If you're a police officer, dude... Going out yeah. in the streets? Is it somebody who is genuinely upset about the way law enforcement interacts with others? Or is it is it people who just want to be anarchists and burn the world as much as they can? Well, the girl, you should, going back again, I can't remember her name, but she, I really liked watching her. The girl that was on, I'm pretty sure it was on ABC7, and she, the reporter, uh, Leanne Souter, you see her, uh, like, oh, let's see if we can talk to this, you know, activist, because she was doing her piece, and then the girl's just standing there, and she had, you, she, the camera's on her, and it, I think she had, like, a sign, but I don't know if you could see what it said, I don't know, but, um, she said everything, uh, quite succinctly, and to the point, and very enjoyable piece to watch, I suggest you go back and, uh, check it out, but, yeah, you can't tell. It's tough. But I imagine the people there that are protesting, I would hope, obviously, are just standing there and maybe watching or standing their signs and the looters. That's a whole other animal, man. That's, like, that's crazy that people are, are there were doing that. Part of the reason why this all happened was, like, instant reactions and the fact that you you are so sort of reflective of this experience I think is a good thing. But I think we all kind of have that moment of what the hell is going on right now? Why is this happening? Like, as a as a white guy myself, as somebody who's been in in involved in various social justice movements, I understand the complexity of why people react the way that they do. And I still, when it's when it comes to like looting and rioting, fuck man, why? Like, aside from the fact that you can do it, and police aren't able to respond, so let's fucking terrorize various local businesses. It just there there's this conflict between the reality that there needs to be a recognition of the anger that exists and other people who are just looking to take advantage of a situation where like there is more or less in the US right now lawlessness total lawlessness you can try to impose curfews chicago tried to do that and nope not going to happen people still come out burn cop cars do all that other shit i just 
I don't know. I I empathize with the cause, but at the same time, I find myself very um, very hurt by those actions of individuals who just want to take, 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 as opposed to actually trying to be a part of a constructive solution, which could have been possible, but probably wouldn't have been considering the environment that we all live in right now. I don't know. Yeah, what a time to be alive, man. I'm wiped out now. I've meant, oh man, you know what I'm saying? This is like a recovery day. I need to reassess everything on Monday. And isn't it weird, too, that uh, we were thinking 2020 would be like a return to normalcy for the crazy... Everybody was so pumped for 2020 right off the bat. Kobe dies, COVID-19. Bro. uh, This whole thing. We thought that it would be a new... uh, And the year's not over. We're only five months in. We've only completed five of the 12 months of the year, so... Buckle up, dude. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> it's the, it's a fucking bro. We are we are headed towards, and I'm predicting this right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna flag this as a future prediction that we are headed towards okay. much worse um, than what we have experienced this past weekend, and we're gonna continue to go down that spiral. Um, whether or not something changes, I don't know. Hopefully the election kind of means something in this whole mess that we're living in right now. But, bro, we are, we are not in a good place, and I do not foresee that we're going to be in a good place for a while. But that's just my, my pessimistic perspective based off of historical <laughs> context. So, you know... As yeah. as as you as you palm your head, yeah, it's it is what it is. All right, but just but just tell me one thing. All right, just tell me one thing. What is your what does your shirt say? Straight out of what? Straight out of darkness. What's it say on the bottom there? Whoever believes, John three sixteen. <laughs> wow, my brother gave that shirt to me. Straight out of darkness, and I thought that was appropriate for me to wear today. For our- I thought so too. <laughs> Once I saw the shirt, I didn't realize the shirt until now. And I'm watching this, and then I'm I start um, thinking about NWA and the late '80s and early '90s. And I see you got this shirt straight out of straight out of what, Ricks? I can't see the other part. Oh, darkness! There we go. Whoever believes, John three sixteen. All right, that is. <laughs> Bro, oh, that's one way. To, that's one hell of a way to end an episode. 